P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. And we are back after the Golden Globes to <laughs> yeah, talk about all survived. of the drama. I know. Barely. Barely. Yeah, it was a long slog to the finish, but we made it. And you know what I was thinking while I was watching it? And this is just like something that I came up with. But like if there's a hundred <laughs> people in the room, but only one of them like <laughs> believes in you and that person is Shelby, then you're okay. Oh so, my gosh, you know. I'm so honored. Uh, I'm the Bradley Cooper in this situation. It's all I ever Clearly. wanted. Thank you. Thank you to my fans. Thank you to my followers. If one of us was the Bradley Cooper and one of us was the Lady Gaga, I think it would clearly I, be. I discovered you. I am the yes. I am the pro here, and you're just an ingenue who doesn't even know how to like dance well. You know, it's like your pop stuff is nothing without my more serious, thoughtful, meaningful <laughs> analysis. Oh, clearly, clearly. And also, if one of us was more likely to pee on the <laughs> stage of an award show, it would definitely be you. So I've been close to fame and I've yet to embarrass myself. So I don't think that part is very true, but the rest of it definitely fits the bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> heavy alcoholic you know just wanders <laughs> yeah, into drag bars and picks people up for real yes yes you know, it's how most of my friends describe me but i'm excited for this week i think there's a lot of juicy gossip not even just with the golden globes but all the things that happened this week but before we get into it does anyone have any good stuff to say about us yes we have <laughs> reviews oh finally it's all i wanted I know it's so exciting. Uh, we ha- we have several of them, but I'm just gonna read one. Save yeah. save some for later. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, lols, please said <laughs> more. Please, I found them because of their Anne Hathaway episode. So good, BTW. But stayed because Matt and Shelby have great energy and make it fun to listen to them disagree about everything. Oh, so, very nice. Apparently, our Jackson, Maine, and Allie uh, <laughs> duo is, you know, people the like theme. it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, I want to take another look at you. <laughs> Did you just take a picture of him? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that movie. I'm really disappointed by... I mean, I guess I'm relieved it's not getting real award love but it's still getting a lot of recognition but we don't have to get into that yet oh yeah i have a lot to say about a star a is born but we can notes, get to a that a lot of notes i know but before we get into the golden globes do you have any anything you think i don't know um well let me let me look at the list i <laughs> it's hard because i feel like so much of this stuff is like golden globes tangential and okay. so i'm trying to like pick out the things that aren't but uh, one story that I found particularly funny, interesting, weird, this story. Have you uh-huh. been following the Bird Box Challenge? <laughs> I saw a little bit about it, but not really. Catch me up. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about the movie Bird Box mm-hmm. last week, which I have not seen yet, where yes. you have to, like, have a blindfold on or otherwise you kill yourself or something like that. <laughs> and the people have been then doing the quote unquote bird box challenge where they put <laughs> on a blindfold and then just like do random things. I don't understand the appeal of it necessarily, yeah. but you know that the crop of fame, desperate YouTubers <laughs> just 
just jumped right on this. And the Paul brothers, I don't know if you follow them. They're both like horrible people who are on YouTube. Yeah. And not a week goes by when one of them hasn't done something (laughs) irresponsible. But they uh, did the bird box challenge and were like running through traffic with (laughs) blindfolds on. And then they post this video to YouTube and it doesn't fit within youtube's like community guidelines (laughs) because it's like posting violence about yourself online so (laughs) youtube like pulled it and there was this whole debacle and then like netflix had to come out with a statement saying like guys don't do the bird box challenge it's bad (laughs) it could be harmful and it's and then even more people did it and now it's this whole thing it's just like a disaster I know. It's like the Paul brothers are just a special sort of moronic. And I really try and avoid everything they do. But I did see a headline that they tried this. And I was kind of like, you know, if that was the way they were going to go, I would have been okay with it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so be it. But they're still around. They're still making their dumb YouTube channel shows. So I guess we're stuck with them a little while longer. I think last year, one of them got in trouble because he was filming videos in like the suicide forest in yeah Japan. he like filmed a dead body yeah yes they uh, they like live in this fancy neighborhood in los angeles and because of their like so many pranks and noise violations and things like the the neighborhood that they live in put in a petition <laughs> with the local government to try to get them removed <laughs> yes. so that they weren't a menace to the village like it's crazy they're just horrible they seem awful they just seem like the worst people and i think um another famous youtuber shane he does like these expose like long form videos shane dawson yeah yes (laughs) he did a special on one of the brothers or both of them where he basically called them (laughs) he diagnosed them as sociopaths yes i remember this (laughs) which i didn't watch the whole thing because it was way too long and like it becomes he his personality shane's is a little too much for me sometimes but i think it's pretty i think it got a little controversial because you know he's not he's not a doctor and he shouldn't be diagnosing people but he spent like an entire episode (laughs) explaining why they fit the parameters for sociopaths so it's worth looking into, and I think the Bird Box Challenge just kind of highlights the the urge to see them as such, you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Shane Dawson is really funny, so I'll go, I'll believe him yeah, go if, they, if he's diagnosing them, sure, I'll go along <laughs> yeah. with it. It sounds legit. Um, in news of dumb celebrity stuff, um, my favorite family, the Kardashians, had a little... <laughs> It was just a delightful scandal this weekend. And I I just think they're like this perfect encapsulation of like out of touch, really, truly, maybe awful people who are playing a game that they're in full control over. So I like kind of respect them and I kind of like am flabbergasted by the things they do. But this time, so Kendall Jenner is the model. She's like the single one she's the pretty (laughs) model one and she started teasing last weekend or right before the weekend that she had some new truth she was going to reveal and her mom Kris Jenner went like crazy and started tweeting like in support and she was like oh my gosh like you guys have to watch my daughter's 
feed like she's gonna come out in such an important way I'm so proud of her for her voice and like hashtag be the change and like <laughs> share your truth oh god it's really dramatic really dramatic really upping the ante for this big reveal on Sunday and so there have been rumors about Kendall being bisexual people were wondering if maybe she was gonna have a me too moment to share or like a struggle with bulimia or anorexia or something you know that would fit this mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> come to find out, Sunday rolls around and Kendall Jenner releases this announcement that she has partnered with Proactive to <laughs> because <laughs> she struggled with acne and Proactive oh, cured it. Oh. Isn't that inspiring? She just like shared her truth, you know? <laughs> Here's the real here's the real tea on that though. Anybody who actually has acne does not use proactive oh, yeah. because it really oh, only works if you have like slightly oily <laughs> skin and that's it. No, it's like bad. It doesn't work. And that's the thing too is like I mean, first of all, Kindle suffers from a family that overshares all the time. So it was like very easy for people to go back just a year ago to an episode where she talked about her family's uh, dermatologist and the special regimen they had her on for her skin and the special product she had created herself as this doctor. Like, so obviously it wasn't proactive and like they have sung praises to this dermatologist before. So everyone is like, not only is this not like worthy of the upsell you gave it, but you're also like straight up lying because we all know you're like a millionaire who would never use proactive on your skin, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, so pretty funny. And just poor Kindle just keeps making these horrible missteps, like with the Pepsi commercial and with the modeling comments. And now this, it's like she just constantly is proving how out of touch she is with like reality and how people view her and like, it was just, it's a pretty funny video because it's like, oh, I I went to this, my first awards show last year, I felt so beautiful. And it shows her frolicking in front of, you know, hundreds of dazzling people. She's smiling. She's gorgeous. And then it like zooms in on like a single zit on her chin, no. which is like acne sucks. And like, it sucks across the board. If you have cystic, if you just have a few blemishes, like whatever, I get it. But then the dramatic music and like this idea that it like shook her to her core and she like she has to now share her truth and be the change and like change the conversation and whatever else her mom tagged her as. So it's just a it was just a funny oh underside uh, for sure. Also in acne news this week, did you see <laughs> actually this might be last week, but that um, Nick Jonas posted like a happy anniversary blo- Instagram to his brother who got married, and basically the <laughs> whole post was about how his Nick like, like had had like a zit at the wedding and like was really insecure about it and was like just yeah. focused on that the whole time. Like, and basically, it's like a three paragraph post, and mostly it's about <laughs> Nick and his one pimple and then at the bottom it's like oh and happy anniversary kevin (laughs) i did see that he's such a dork i don't get him i'm still like surprised whenever i see his face and remember he's married to priyanka but yeah i'm happy he he overcame that too him and kendall can talk about their struggles yes i will say this 
Nick Jonas like creeps me out because he has three front <laughs> teeth, among other things, which I think we've discussed you before. You don't have to bring this up every time. Yeah, no, because <laughs> as a teeth obsessive, it's real weird that he has three <laughs> front teeth. But anyways, I watched Jumanji over Christmas, which I had oh, not yeah. seen before. And that yeah. is actually like a very good movie, which I know yeah. everyone else already everyone realizes so. that. But I'm just, you know, joining the party at this late date, a year late. I'm happy so. for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Welcome. You're to the welcome club. for that recommendation, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, do you have another story? Yes. Well, this one is another WTF moment for me, and it just speaks to continued uh, aggravation. Pottermore, which is the official Harry Potter like community account, they they share updates about the you know the Wizarding universe and whatever. And it's if J.K. Rowling's no longer involved, it's still like her brainchild. It's all her stuff. So it's a very official account, and it. It left everyone scratching their heads this week when they just, out of the blue, they were like, fun fact, and they (laughs) tweeted that before the 18th century, wizards didn't, or at least Hogwarts, didn't have bathrooms because wizards would just defecate and piss themselves and then magic it away. So why have a toilet, you know? And it's just like, what the hell? Like, what kind of crack do you have to be on to think that's an interesting fact or that anyone, any culture, any group of people would actually live like that? Did you see this? Um, yeah. Well, here's the here's the actual fun fact. I think that this was in this was not new news. This has it been wasn't? out there before. Because when I saw this tweet, I was like, oh yeah, I know this. Like I've read what? this before. I think I wanna say that at some point they did a thing or she wrote an article <laughs> on like why there's pipes and Hogwarts and Moaning Myrtle and all of that. And then this was in there somewhere. But I will oh, say no. this. If you watch any like historical movie that's like at all accurate people were just pooping all over the place back in the day (laughs) like you would just like if you were rich you would poop in a bucket and then throw it out the window and hope it didn't hit somebody and if and if you and if you weren't you just like went in the street and you only had one (laughs) outfit so really like the the wizards magicking away is a big step i think well it wasn't like the way they wrote this tweet, it implied that they pooped their pants. It wasn't like they found a nice corner, they took down their, they lifted up their robes, what? and they took a dump. You know, it was like what? they just like self cleaned no. as it came out. Yes. <laughs> and also, that's how I read it. That's how they said it. Is they would just go where they will. You know. Wherever they yeah. just magic it. But go but where you will doesn't thing. mean that you just like go in your pants. Why would <laughs> if they were so lazy they couldn't even be bothered to put in plumbing when the rest of the world had figured it out? Then why no. wouldn't they just be like, oh, you know what? I'm just gonna do this in the middle of potions. Like I'll just magic it away. Oh my gosh. You know? And furthermore, like People have had bathrooms for a long time. Like, you're thinking of, like, Shakespeare movies, but, like, the Romans had plumbing. You know what I mean? Like, 
bathrooms are Define not modern. plumbing. <laughs> Define <laughs> plumbing. They had aqueducts. That's what they yeah. had. Yeah. Oh my I don't gosh. know. I just think it was a <laughs> weird. It was a weird reveal, and it just made me disrespect J.K. Rowling even more than I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. She thought it was some fun. Like, wow, wizards are so woke. But no, like, imagine <laughs> being a muggle coming into like the first mixed class of Hogwarts and being like, where's the bathroom? And freaking, you know, Percy Weasley's just like, oh, I just pooped my pants. Well, <laughs> imagine know? being a wizard in the first mixed class <laughs> where somebody's just like dumping in a bucket and throwing it out the window <laughs> into the courtyard. <laughs> So there's a middle ground, I think. Like, it's like just put in a bathroom and then someone can just magic it away in there, you know? Like, and that's my follow up question, too. Actually, it's a self cleaning spell or something. (laughs) Well, like, wizards, like, magic, like, wizards, like, Harry couldn't do magic outside of Hogwarts while he was in Hogwarts, right? Like, that was part of the rule is like, students can't do magic. I think at least people living in muggle households, I don't know the rule, I guess. But so then what do they do? They have to like figure out how to like how to poop in a toilet because they'd never done it before. Well, maybe that law wasn't in effect back in the 1800s. Maybe it was more like self-teach or maybe your parents just have to do it for you. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) 14-year-olds, hey, mom, I I made a mess. Can you help me out here? here? Can you magic me up? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's the fun fact for the week, ladies and gentlemen. I I I don't even want to attempt to follow that up with any of the stories that I have on my list to talk pretty, about. Yeah, it was a pretty big moment. I when I read that, I thought it was a parody account. Like I couldn't wrap my head around that being real and verified, but it had the blue check mark, and it's it's real, everybody. So, and then I feel like, did you comment on it with our Twitter account? I feel like I, think I, I, did. I saw it. I think you, yeah. Did. Yeah. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on social media. This is the kind yeah. of content you're missing. Yeah, you get updates, you know. Yeah. Keep you up to speed on the important facts you may not want to know. Oh, we so were also good. live tweeting the Golden Globes. Or I was, you were, the account was like... So if you'd followed yeah. us on social media, you could have gotten a whole lot of really <laughs> funny zingers from us. Yeah. But here we are to give you the recap anyways. So <laughs> Yes. The Golden Globes. I sort of like don't even know where to begin with this because there's there was controversy, <laughs> there's the host, there's outfits, yeah. there's who won things, there's how it predicts things for Oscars, there's snubs. Guess, like, like where do you want to start? Like, okay, so first impressions, like Generally, I was pretty excited for this show. Did it live up to your expectations? I would say yes. I Ooh, think that the Golden Globes, what you're always looking for is some crazy <laughs> moments, some weird mm-hmm. people winning. I think like a halfway funny host. <laughs> you're not looking for anything too serious in the Golden Globes, or at least I'm not. Right. Because again, just to set it up, it's an award show hosted put on by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, (laughs) which is like 60-some European journalists who just like get together and throw these awards and decide the winners. So it's hard to like judge anything by it, really. And every year there's some people who you just, who win, who as an audience, you're just kind of left scratching your head. But so I thought there were like lots of interesting moments. I really enjoyed the hosts. I know that people have 
kind of said that they weren't that great, but I thought they were really funny. If I had a complaint, I just wish that there was more of them in the show because I feel like they didn't get <laughs> a lot to do. But yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was an I thought it was an interesting, like fun to watch show. What did you think? Right. Um. Yeah, I think I was a little disappointed. I. I think for me, it always starts on the red carpet. And for one thing, the fashion this year was just really boring. And I think that just played into how boring the whole show felt. And like everyone just felt a little lackluster. And it just didn't seem as like fun or funny as it has in the past. And I think part of that is just the nominees this year were so boring. And like there wasn't anything I was rooting for per se. And so I think that kind of held it back a little but yeah I mean I wish it had been more lively because I just felt like kind of bored by the end but I think that happens with every three-hour awards show so well and I think this was a little bit of return to the basics for them because two years ago the Golden Globes were like the first big award show after Trump won his election and I think you had all of these celebrities like pent up energy and like ready to spout things (laughs) so there was just like a lot of people were saying all kinds of things and there was a lot of excitement for (laughs) that show and then last year of course was the Me Too Golden Globes where everybody showed up in black and then some people weren't in black and there was a lot (laughs) of uh, speeches about that and and there was just a lot more like to watch or to be watching for in those last right. two ceremonies where this was pretty by the numbers. You know, people yeah. some people gave some like semi-political speeches, but for the most part, it was just your typical award show. So I think that sucked a little bit of the energy out of it. Yeah, that's true. It was just like even the wins, like Sandra O's opening comments, she got a serious note and was like, it's great to see so much diversity. But then the winners were still pretty, you know disappointing and kind of sad and i mean spoiler but like the times up comments were sort of undercut by the fact that they awarded bohemian rhapsody and so it's sort of just like yeah it kind of struggled to feel cohesive and like interesting and important well i guess let's start then with the red carpet stuff since you were talking about that yes Uh, were there certain people's outfits that you were really jazzed about? Were there things that you thought, oh, gosh, it's a disaster? <laughs> like, what were your takes on that on the fashion front? <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me tell you. Um, I mean, so it was just kind of like boring. Like a lot of them were just like dull and boring. I loved the Crazy Rich Asians cast. They all looked amazing and like. Michelle Yeoh wore the ring from the movie, which is actually her ring come to find out. And that was a fun little nod. And then like, of course, I love drama and like all the gossip and stuff. And there was this big explosion when it was thought that Chrissy Metz from This Is Us um, was caught on a hot mic calling Alison Brie a bitch. And so everyone was like on a Twitter storm for that. But then it turns out it really like I listened to it and I kept trying to hear it and someone like really oh ran I with couldn't that hear story. a darn thing I know. yeah I was like what like it's what like... I couldn't even figure out what <laughs> yeah. they like what part of that they thought was that let alone if it wasn't I not. know it was like you kind of hear her say like oh she's you know and then it kind of and I was like yeah. wow someone just like made a headline and everyone ran with it so it was kind of fake gossip and then of course, Chrissy had to get on Twitter and was like, I would never say that. That's not even my voice. Like, that's not me at all. And Allison Brie and her had to make nice and have a cute photo. And it was like, wah, wah, I wish this was drama. Yeah. <laughs> but there was then the Fiji girl, which was a big deal. Oh, but yes. It was like the 
because it's sponsored by in part by Fiji Water, and so there's a girl at the end of the red carpet who is handing out water bottles, and she would always like photobomb these people's last photos, and like was always in the background serving looks and whatever. But I didn't think it was that funny because I just knew it was just it was just Fiji's attempt to go viral, and it worked, you know. I mean, was it? I, I thought it was pretty entertaining because there's all these <laughs> pictures of like celebrities standing there, you know, in their yeah. poses. And then this awkward girl with a tray of <laughs> Fiji water bottles behind them. Yeah. No, they definitely meant to. I mean, they like really jumped on it after and was like, LOL, look at our viral sensation. Like what an ominous presence at the Golden Globes. And it just everything just feels so. Well, I mean, Fiji water hadn't had that much (laughs) attention in years. So (laughs) not since I was in middle school and it was like, oh, you have Fiji water? That's so fancy. (laughs) It's a rebrand. Yeah. What did you think about Lady Gaga's outfit? Because I feel like that was (laughs) like if you had to pick a look of the night, I feel like that was the one that was everywhere. She was wearing what, like pale blue or lavender or something. Yeah, And the train of the dress just went on forever. (laughs) Like I, there was a video on Twitter of, of like three people carrying it behind her, like (laughs) into the venue. And then she also had blue hair. She was seated right or seated right in the front of the stage. So like every (laughs) shot there she is like, just like huge and taking up so much space. I know. I kind of love. I liked it, and except for the hair, I didn't get the hair thing. I don't know. And Lady Gaga, the whole like, there can be a hundred people feel the like tears every time. Like I don't know why. It just kind of feels a little fake, and maybe it's because I'm used to Lady Gaga being so like character happy, and so she's always putting on a show. She's always has this persona, so I don't always trust what she's doing like I'm not always sure when she's sincere so it's just kind of like whatever like the big puffy dress the sleeves like I it was it was she looked great she did look beautiful so there's that but it wasn't my favorite look she was so theatrical like yeah in everything she does it's such like a big (laughs) moment it's just a lot (laughs) and it's and it just leaves you wishing for the days of Jennifer Lawrence and her (laughs) low-key totally she's so relatable you know like tripping over herself that's what i need that's what i need that's what i need more of (laughs) yeah did you have any favorite looks i thought timothy chalamet did something interesting with the harness nobody liked but i thought he looked great well i mean it's not like he looked bad he just wore like this weird harness over his shirt (laughs) and i was sort of like what are you trying to say about this adam rippon i think did the same exact thing to something (laughs) or another last year so it wasn't exactly new and fresh chris messina also had like a real weird hair dye job yeah that i guess was for a role people found out later but at the moment everyone was like oh gosh this is a statement you didn't need to make the person who stuck out (laughs) in my mind is looking very good was regina king i thought her dress was great it was like pink and sparkly and like very um she looked like a statue it was yeah i also loved idris elba in that um green oh yeah yeah he looked so good but he looks good in everything and so and then of course taylor swift appeared so you know that made my heart a flutter Uh, who who the, oh the girl from cats the <laughs> yeah, girl from the cats star of yes cats. yes I the know. star of cats it's such an awful i just like i keep hoping it just doesn't happen but they just keep insisting it's happening and it just 
oh makes me crazy <laughs> i don't see how it doesn't happen at this point i mean it's from who is it from the director of into the woods or lame is it's somebody who did a, who's know. done a couple of big musicals is doing this yeah. and there's such a big cast for it <laughs> what i want to know is like is taylor swift actually going to be doing acting like how big is this part that she's in <laughs> that's what i'm i'm excited I for i it'll be interesting of all of the things that are coming out, that is what I'm most excited <laughs> about. I cannot wait for that episode. I will be there with bells on, like so ready to just we pick apart a that movie. Years, right? Isn't it? It's 2020. 2021. I don't know. Shelby's <laughs> like, I gotta cancel this podcast before that. <laughs> yeah. We cannot still be going when that comes out. That'll be yeah, miserable. You're gonna find me in a garage or something. Like yeah, it's just yeah. too much to handle. No, I, I just, yeah, it was great. I'm glad that she's making more appearances because I love looking at what she'll show up in and she looked great in this dress. But I wish it was literally anything else. Like, I just cannot rally behind cats. Like, who's asking for this? Uh, Somebody, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, also Taylor Swift, like, snuck into the Golden Globes. She, like, didn't want to do the red carpet. Do you have any... Right. Is she just being her current version of herself where she's you know avoiding these things or was there some specific I think partly, reason yeah i think partly it's just that mostly i would say it's probably joe alwyn like she's not gonna come in and take joe alwyn's moment because she knows that whenever she shows up with a dude it's all like oh it's taylor swift's boyfriend and taylor swift you know and so she refused to do red carpets with calvin harris she broke up with tom hiddleston supposedly because he wanted to do like red carpet stuff and I think it's just something she doesn't like doing. And especially with the Joe Alwyn relationship, which she's kept very, very, very private. I don't ever envision them doing anything together like that. So plus, I think they wanted it to be a surprise that she showed up. I didn't even know Joe Alwyn was there until she showed up. <laughs> and then I was like, well, he must be. But like, yeah, with, he's in like, the with... favorite. He was sitting at the table there. But he's so... not nominated for anything. No, no, I mean, no. he's there and he didn't present anything either. Yeah. So he was basically just there because he was in a bunch of those movies. But... Yeah, I think that's a lot of people like, you know, <laughs> a lot of people were just there because they're in movies. Not yeah, everyone but I mean, at the Golden Globes hosted. I mean, presented. But, you but know. they're dragging just about everybody up there to present. <laughs> I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones always presents at these things, and it's solely because <laughs> Michael Douglas is nominated. I mean, they definitely like look... I'm surprised Keith Urban right. wasn't up there presenting something, because that has been known to happen as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was there. He is just... So I finally... This is a tangent, but I finally saw The Favorite. And every time I see Joe Alwyn, I'm like... Is he attractive? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I can, like, he's pretty, I guess, but it's not like, it's not like standout-ish. You know what I mean? He's kind of sour looking, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like but a sour guess, badger. Yeah. That's what I would say he looks like, <laughs> like a sour badger. Yeah. And he's just like in a lot this year. I mean, he's in Boy Erased and The Favorite and The Nazi And never likable. <laughs> Never a likable never character. Never that great a guy, yeah. But also so, not a main character. He, they're like, right. ah, we have an unlikable small role. <laughs> Who should we get? Ah, Sour Joe. Badger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, there were a lot of weird appearances, a lot of weird um, audience reactions and stuff. So 
Do you want to talk about the hosts and just kind of yeah. what, what was going on with them? Yes. I thought um, I was excited for them. I knew they were a weird match, but I felt like they have good energy and stuff. Um, I feel like their opening monologue was pretty good, except for a few like cringe moments. But then I feel like they just lost their energy and they got insecure or something. And they kind of like or maybe they just didn't have material throughout the rest of the show because they kind of just disappeared after that. It was weird because I was trying to think of previous Golden Globes hosts specifically, Mm -hmm. but I feel like the typical way that a hosting gig works is like you do some kind of big thing at the beginning, you have a monologue, then you kind of like pop in and out with funny comments throughout. But usually Mm -hmm. you, you have like a couple more like set pieces throughout the evening where you have something that you're doing and really right. they didn't have a beginning. They just came out and did the monologue. They introed a couple other people throughout the night, but really right. the only bit that they did was that flu shot <laughs> thing, which I did yeah. think was funny, oh, yeah. but was so fast. It was like the people ran out with the so flu weird. shots. They were like trying to give one to Willem Dafoe who looked very <laughs> scared. And well, then it was, was like, very, commercial I would break. be very alarmed. It's like, are you really giving me a flu shot? What's in here? Are you going to stab me with a needle through my dress? Like, am I going to have this weird bruise on my arm the rest? of the show it was they very had, weird <laughs> they had that funny line about like if you're an anti-vaxxer like put a napkin <laughs> over your head i don't know did you have yeah. lines or jokes that you thought were particularly good from them because i have some, a couple. <laughs> i really liked the and we have darren chris from ruth chris yes i wrote that down too i thought it was hilarious and then it was just like over he was just like yep and then moved on to the next joke and i was just like i don't know why it was so funny and if it was like an intentionally awkward transition but it was just like so random that i just i laughed out loud It was so, it had nothing to do with a movie. It was solely yeah. a joke about his name. It wasn't even, I mean, it was just like so They didn't expound out of nowhere. on it. Yeah. No. It was just like, yep. And then he just moved on, which is pretty funny. I loved, I loved the 100 people in the room bit. I thought that was funny. <laughs> and you could tell that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were both like, this isn't funny, but I know the camera's I on know. me, so I'm going to awkwardly yeah. have to smile and pretend this Does Bradley good. Cooper think anything's funny, though? Because I just think he seems like such a dud. Like, he just seems so boring. I think Bradley Cooper has spent too much time with Lady Gaga. That's what I honestly <laughs> think has happened. Because if you look back at things bradley cooper was in you know five years ago he's in like um the a team he's in alias he's in Mm -hmm. what is it wedding crashers like all of these he's mostly like a comic actor who's like maybe kind of douchey or doofy the hangover like he's he's fun and stuff silver linings Mm -hmm. playbook like him and jennifer lawrence are, are such a fun combination and they were in like 10 things together the two of them yeah and then Somehow or another, I think he, like, I don't know if it was pre-Lady Gaga and it just got worse (laughs) with her, but I feel like she is so much of a weird theater, hoo-hoo, like, philosophical (laughs) person, like, new agey, and then the two of them together, (laughs) she just, like, has been putting this on him, like, Bradley, like, you believed in me, you're the director, and then they just, like, make each other worse. 
You cannot because he, I think he is trying to be serious now. I think he wants to be respected. I think he wants to be an auteur. And so he's like, I'm a serious director. I care about art. I wanted to explore relationships. And so it's like he has become this person who he thinks like he needs to be to be respected. And he's kind of lost his funny bone. So I don't think Lady Gaga I mean, could have that effect on him. Maybe so. Maybe he was like that before, but I think the fact that the two of them are spending so much time <laughs> yeah. together and they're both so yeah. full of themselves and so high on the fact that they're like these artists who are creating yeah. masterpiece does not help at all. <laughs> right. I also like. I get the sense that Bradley Cooper doesn't like Lady Gaga. I don't know <laughs> if I'm just projecting, but I feel like in interviews. Or in their, like, you know, when they're doing their Q&As or whatever, it just seems like he's not that interested in, in like, her theatrics or what she's saying or how he's so, how she's thanking him so much. It just seems like he's sort of, like, the dad who has to put up with this, like, dramatic teenager, you know? I think he's a little embarrassed because she <laughs> is obsessed with him not like yeah. not like in love with him but i mean she right. like sings his praises all the time and is fawning all over <laughs> him they're always like holding hands when they're going places i mean like i think that she has this view or she's He's pretending that this view yeah that like he discovered her she owes right. this to him like she, like yeah. she's kind of his muse or whatever and i think he is like look you were great in this movie and I really appreciate it. And I think we created something really great together. But like, calm down. You don't need to yeah. every time we are out say, if there was one person in the room and it was Bradley and he believed in me. It's like, we know. Like, calm down. Yeah. He's like, please stop, 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 stop. I know. It's pretty funny. It was a good moment. And I think it's great when you realize like famous people are just as tuned into the weird Twitterverse yes. as we are. <laughs> I also loved the uh, the line about crazy rich Asians where Sandra O oh said yes. it was the first uh, cast led by an Asian American woman Asian. since Aloha. And then <laughs> Emma Stone shouted, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I know. I loved that moment. I think Emma Stone's so likable and like, oh, yeah. And she has apologized for that before. So it like feels more sincere and like she gets the joke and she like knows she made a mistake there. And it was just funny to see that interaction. And it made me hopeful that it would be more drunk antics like that and just bad audience members just yelling at each other. Oh, yeah. We could only dream. Do you want (laughs) to talk now? Do you want to get into like the awards and who won and what that says about like predicting? Or do you want to talk about people's speeches and whatnot? Oh, I don't know. It's all just like, I guess let's talk about the... Let's talk about the awards themselves. Let's talk about what happened, the upsets, and just how badly we did with our predictions. Oh, gosh. I've never done that badly. Yeah, it it was bad. I have my ballot in front of me, and I got 12 right out of 25. (laughs) That's worse than half. I know. I think I got 10, honestly. I couldn't even look back. I was going to do like... I was going to reveal it on our Instagram stories, and I was just too embarrassed. I just... (laughs) Yeah, it was a a mild disaster. Uh, Do you want to talk about movies or TV first? Let's do the TV stuff. Yeah, I feel like the TV, there was like some upsets in places, but a lot of it, I felt like I was more keyed into the television side for the most part, other than the 
strange love for the Kaminsky method, which won a bunch of things. <laughs> and I had like heard of it, but not really. And I had never heard of it. I honestly, I had never heard of it. And I know we talked about Golden Globe nominees in an earlier episode, but I don't even think we bothered to mention this. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I brought it. I don't think it, <laughs> I didn't think it was a real contender, but it is about like actors, which oh, the Golden Globes loves. It stars known. like old Hollywood people, which the Golden Globes love. And it's new, which the Golden Globes awful, yeah. also love. Like, I don't know if you remember the year that Mozart in the Jungle, that weird Amazon <laughs> show, won Best Comedy and everyone oh, yeah. was like, what is going on? Yeah. And this felt like a repeat of that for me. So, yeah, no, it was uh, it was weird when that one. And I think on Twitter, everyone was like, has anyone watched this show? Because I don't I don't know anyone who has. I th- I want to say that my aunt and uncle watch it, <laughs> but I could be mixing that up with yeah. a different similar show. So I don't I don't yeah. know. I and then. <laughs> You know, Sandra O one, which I think we had both thought screen, was going to happen. Yeah. The uh, Darren Chris of Ruth Chris Steakhouse and the <laughs> Gianni Versace show one, which I think was also predictable. Yeah. The thing that I was kind of surprised about was that Sharp Objects didn't win more stuff. I thought that was go- I thought Amy Adams was for sure going to win. I thought it was <laughs> going to probably win um, or maybe not beat out Gianni Versace. But I thought it was going to be like in contention for more things than it was. Yeah, well, that's what was weird about the whole show is it seemed like there was no rhyme or reason to some of the the things that won versus others. Like, the Americans won the best show, even though, like, Michael Rise or whatever didn't win best actor. And it was just like, okay, so it's not that they loved the actors, but they gave it a, like, legacy award or something. And so I think it was just like... I had no idea what was coming because it's like, oh, they recognized Killing Eve, but then they didn't really. And like, it didn't seem like they loved any show enough to have it sweep anything because it just was kind of scatterbrained. Yeah. Like watching the Emmys earlier this year, and we talked about this on the podcast, that like Mrs. Maisel, you could tell that the people voting for Emmys loved Mrs. Maisel because it just won award after award after award. (laughs) And this, I guess the Kaminsky method won twice. But I mean, I don't yeah. remember it winning twice because it's well, like Michael Douglas won, and then it won overall. Oh, oh, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. I think it only won twice. But then it's like Rachel Brosnahan wins for Miss Maisel, but Mrs. Maisel doesn't win. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alex Borstein, who won the Emmy for Mrs. Maisel, also doesn't win. I thought Barry would get some attention, but they gave the best supporting to a very English scandal, which. I also had never heard of or seen. So it was just like all over, you know? Yeah, it was it was a strange mishmash of things. And I was reading an article earlier today about like, is this predictive of the Emmys and what things might do well, you know, next summer at that. But really, it's not because half of these shows won't be in contention (laughs) for that because they were up for this year's Emmys. And then the Golden Globes. Yeah, it's like 40 people. And also there's going to be a whole crop of new things that come out this spring and summer. So (laughs) really, they were like, yeah, pay no attention to this if you're trying to predict the Emmys whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I thought maybe they didn't give Amy Adams it because they were going to give her best actor. But then they didn't even do that. And so it was just like weird because I was like, oh, they're going to love Homecoming, but they didn't give Homecoming anything. They're finally going to recognize The Good Place, but they didn't give The Good Place any. So it was just like, how did that get nominated if it didn't get like, I don't know. It was just like a weird assortment of TV wins. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like what I gathered from this is that 
the voters, however many there are, weren't really on the same page about anything <laughs> yeah. and sort of just all voted sporadically. And when you have only 60 people and everyone's kind of voting mishmash, then you end up with this kind of <laughs> word where it's nothing sweeps and nothing is really super able to predict who's going to win. It's kind of just a wild right. party. The thing with Amy Adams, I guess, kind of transitioning into the film stuff, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think everybody thought that Amy Adams was for sure going to win for Sharp Objects and then yeah. might win for Vice. I remember people saying yeah. before this, like, oh, this could be the first time that someone's won twice in like 10 years. And then she ended up oh, losing really? both. And I feel like both <laughs> people who beat her stopped at her table on the way up and were sort of like, I'm like, I'm, I don't know how this happened. Like, I'm sorry <laughs> that I took your trophy. Yeah. Well, it was interesting when, um, who beat her out for best actress? The Regina King? Oh, or, yeah. Or Patricia Arquette. Regina King, yeah, yeah, yeah. Regina King got up and was like immediately like, thanks, Amy, for your prayers. And so there's sort of this theory that maybe Amy Adams is like, I don't want to... Because I think a lot of people think Vice is a bad movie, first of all, and that Amy Adams is good, but it's not like her greatest role. And so a lot of the awards talk is mostly like, how has Amy Adams not won anything yet, basically? And so I think they're like, oh, she should get this because she like didn't get it last year basically and so i wonder if she's sort of in the background being like i don't really deserve this right now like regina king i'm rooting for her like she's the one like don't pay any attention to me i don't want your pity golden globe you know yeah i i can definitely see that i think that if she gets nominated for this oscar it'll be her sixth nomination without a win which is a lot of nominations but it is one of those things like if you're gonna give amy adams an oscar do you want to give it to her for like a supporting role that's not even her best supporting role or do you want to wait for the next time she's in like a rival and really like carries a movie and deserves that oscar 100 percent so yeah, yes. and and when Regina King's so good, and I think she's the mm-hmm. only person who's in if Beale Street could talk that is going to you know ha- actually be in consideration to win an Oscar. I'm sure it'll get nominations, mm-hmm. but like if you like that movie, you're going to vote for her. She's a really likable person. She d- she also doesn't have an Oscar. Like it just makes sense. Yeah. Okay, give this to Regina King. I've I saw both if Beale Street could talk and Vice this weekend, and like Regina King is doing a yeah. lot more in that movie than. Amy Adams. So, <laughs> right. I know. And I think it was a great moment for Regina King and like honestly one of the better speeches. So it's like thank heavens that happened, you know. <laughs> yeah. We well, need and- that breath of fresh air. And now I think she has a lot of momentum going into Oscar because Mm -hmm. the Oscar nomination voting started on Monday. The Academy or the Golden Globes are Sunday night. Nomination voting starts on Monday. So everything from this ceremony is very fresh in these Oscar voters' minds. And I think that with Regina King and then also with Glenn Close... It those mm-hmm. two were such powerful moments that they might not necessarily yeah. have been the front runners going into Golden Globes, but I feel like they right. are the front runners coming out of Golden Globes. Do you want to talk about yeah. best actress then now with with Glenn? Yes. It was the upset no one saw coming. Including her. <laughs> and I'm so glad it did. I know. <laughs> I know, because she was obviously up for best actress against Lady Gaga. And then like Nicole Kidman, Melissa McCarthy and Rosamund Pike. And so everyone, everyone in the world thought Lady Gaga was going to win. And I mean, we both put Lady Gaga. I think every article I read had put Lady Gaga. 
Like it was pretty much no one thought anyone else stood a chance. And then Glenn Close won for this indie film that I haven't even been able to see because I don't even think it was in theaters down here. And she gave a great speech and it was just like, oh, she deserved this. She did great. Well, and she has that same thing going for her that Amy Adams has where I think she's also been nominated six times and has never won. And mm-hmm. with Glenn Close, it's sort of like, well, if if we don't give it to her now, you know, I mean, not that she's that <laughs> old, but like, you know, it, at a certain point, you get toward the end of your career and you're like, you don't know if right. the person's going to be nominated again. Like, unless yeah. Amy Adams dies in a freak <laughs> accident, she will be nominated again. She's only like 40. But Glenn Close, right. you know, is like in her late 60s, early 70s, maybe. But she mm-hmm. she wins this out of nowhere. She gets up on the stage. She gives an amazing speech. She's crying. I thought it was the best speech of the night. And I can't imagine yeah. now voters not giving her the oscar it's like right. there's a story there the movie that she's in the wife i didn't think was great but when she presents it in the way that she does where it's like about women who kind of like have to just shut up and you know put up right. for their family and how they act how women have dreams and desires too and you should go for them and her mom never did but she did and now she's mm-hmm. this actress like there's just so much momentum there and i can't right. see the oscar voters going look here's this great actress who has been nominated this many times and it's never won instead we're going to give the trophy to lady gaga who like <laughs> this is her first time ever in a movie and she's sort of annoying and she's already going to yeah. win the oscar for best song so it's like why would anybody <laughs> vote for her at this point yeah i think that was my main t- positive takeaway from the golden globes is that i feel like a star is born is on the outs and it's kind of lost its momentum everyone's stopped like talking it up and is reassessing like oh, is this, should this win? And I think for me, I mean, we both weren't like huge fans of the movies and I have struggled with everyone being like, oh my gosh, Bradley Cooper is such a visionary. He needs best director. Oh my gosh, Lady Gaga, such a vision. She needs best actors. It's like, I don't see it. And I know it's been a slow year for movies, honestly. Like there haven't been like standout hits for me personally, but I still just don't think A Star is Born was worthy of the hype it got. So I'm kind of glad to see it losing its steam. Well, we came into that last section of the show where they hadn't given out best actress drama, best actor drama, or best drama. And I was Mm -hmm. sitting there thinking, okay, Green Book just swept the comedy awards. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to sit here and watch A Star is Born win three (laughs) awards in a row. And then when it didn't win each one, despite the fact that my love of Bohemian Rap City is not there i was excited just because <laughs> i feel like this cracks the best picture race wide open i think it's really anybody's game at this point because bohemian rhapsody and green book which are were both the winners for this <laughs> both have so much controversy around them that i can't imagine the oscar voters voting for either one of these to give them the best picture i think they'll be nominated <laughs> but i but the that's interesting because i feel like I walked away feeling defeated, like, oh, my gosh, we still have like a pretty like I just I kind of feel like they will give it to this Bohemian Rhapsody with this director who's accused of like serious crimes or to Green Book, where it's just a white group of men talking about a black man's story. Like, it's just I kind of feel like, oh, no, this is the Oscars. But you think it'll avoid that? Yeah. Oh, I think I think it 
100% will. Because <laughs> the people voting for this don't overlap with the Oscars at all. So it's a completely different group yeah. of people. And I think the European journalists who are voting for this are less squeamish about some of these like political issues that we have going on in America. Right. I think they're looking at the film more separately from that. And so I don't mm-hmm. think that the controversy hurt them when they were voting. But I think especially since they – that both Green Book and Bohemian Rhapsody won, and then there was kind of such a big backlash about it. I don't think that anybody in the Academy wants to give this, either of those movies, the best picture and have to go through that whole thing of like, oh, the Oscars (laughs) are so racist, the Oscars are bad. And I think that watching Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book win this and not have the reception be great, they're kind of going to be like, well, maybe let's not pick that. And so then if you're looking down the list at what could be behind it you have Roma which is a really Mm. great movie but it's like it's in black and white it's Spanish it's on (laughs) Netflix there's a lot of things a lot of baggage there you have a star is born which I don't think is doing well necessarily you have Black Panther which is a great movie but it's a superhero movie so do you want to give the win to that and then you kind of have like the favorite if Beale Street could talk vice which are all movies that feel like they don't necessarily feel like best picture winners 100% you know they have like great performances so I really kind of I feel like really this is the place where if first man was still in contention it like could kind of get in here and be that movie okay but, yeah sure but you're still hoping for that no I that mean it's not gonna happen out of orbit. but yeah. but I think like that's what this is looking for you look at this list of movies right. and it's sort of like well, which one's gonna win it could be any of them because none of them are like the clear like this is the moonlight no, or yeah. this is the you know shape of water Right. It's true. It's kind of like, yeah, it's just sort of middling films that are kind of rising to the top for whatever reason. And I think it is interesting to see like the conversation change around them because, you know, two months ago, A Star is Born was like, whoa, this is it. This is the Oscar winner. And then it was like, oh, wow, if Beale Street can talk. But then if Beale Street didn't get like a lot of awards on the like critic circles and all these little small awards. And so people are like, well, what is it? And it's sort of like a hot mess of an award season. And I'm kind of, I guess, excited by it, but also sort of like, I don't have any skin in the game, you know? I don't have anything I'm rooting for. Yeah, it it does sort of feel like it's that kind of year where you look at really the nominees (laughs) in a lot of the categories and go, oh, okay, like, yeah, Yeah, these are great. But there's not like a ladybird or or something that I feel super strongly about. Honestly, the movie I would want to win that never will is Spider-Man. Like, that is the best movie of the year, like, hands down for me. Like, I think that was so revolutionary, so fresh, so interesting, such a great story, great script, great music. Like, I think it's a full package, whereas, like, Beale Street, oh my gosh, it should win for best music. It should be up for best director, the favorite, best actresses. But there's like pieces and morsels of each of the major films that I can see being awarded. But there's not like one perfect movie where I'm like, yes, this should sweep all the categories. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing that really like ties everything together necessarily. Yeah, I I think that really one of the big winners of the night was... Spider-Man because coming into this I think everyone thought okay it's going to be Incredibles 2 and like Spider-Man's a great movie but it's just not going to get the attention that it needs to pull it off but the fact that it beat Incredibles here and has beat Incredibles in all of the critics prizes up till now sort of says like I think people are 
going to see this movie and that they like this movie. And compared to Incredibles 2, it's not really close as to whether it's better or not. It's just whether enough people go see it and vote for it over Incredibles 2. And I think it's getting to the point where that will happen. Yeah, like... I loved Incredibles 2. I rewatched it like last week, actually, because we got it for Christmas. And it was just so weird. Like, I was like, oh, this animation is just kind of like boring. <laughs> like, I was just like, where's Spider-Man? You know, like, this was so fresh and so fun to watch. So it is like, I'm hopeful now that it will get the respect it deserves at the Oscars. And if not, I'm rioting. So yeah. hopefully it pulls a best picture nomination like i doubt it would win they will never like respect an animated movie like that like that's a bygone era but if it could get a nomination for not only best animated but best picture i'd be very happy i mean when we talk about what in a couple of weeks like the oscar nominations and what we personally want the oscar nominations to be yeah like (laughs) i think it did definitely deserves a slot in there because if you look at the 10 things that were nominated in drama and musical this year it's like okay yeah black klansman i think that's deserving Black Panther, I think that's deserving. So that's two. Bohemian Rhapsody should not be there. If Beale Street could talk is fine. A Star is Born, like, whatever. It's not my favorite, but I think it's fine. But, like, Crazy Rich Asians, no. The Favorite, (laughs) yes. Mary Poppins, no. Green Book, eh. Vice, spoiler alert. I hated Vice, (laughs) and I'm talking about it later in the episode. So, like... yeah. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see it because like you said, the two winners this in the Golden Globes were Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book, which are two movies we've talked about, which we were sort of like meh about. And critics were sort of like meh about. So people were surprised to see them do so well. And honestly, like Green Book winning was such a bad look and they just like proved it in their award speeches. I just hated all of it. Everything related to them was just the worst part of the show. Because like, I don't think we ever mentioned it on our podcast, but after our episode came out, there was this big, I don't know if it's an expose, but just an article about um, um, Dr. Shirley's family coming out against the film and and saying that they had never gotten permission to do it and that the story they told about Shirley was all wrong and that Shirley was never as close to Tony Lip as they were making it. So it all just kind of left a really bad taste in my mouth. And of course, the response from the Green Book people was to say that the descendants aren't actually the heirs and that Dr. Shirley was never that close to them. And so it's sort of a he said, she said situation. But it's still like looking at the movie, seeing the production team behind it and watching Tony Lips, like the director and then the writer at the Golden Globes this week really just made me believe like, oh, yeah, this is a crap movie. Like they did a crappy thing. I mean, I think that if you like if in a thousand years the world is decimated and this movie is found somehow and people watch it, I think they'll mm-hmm. go, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful story. It's a yeah. it's a very well done movie. There's the music's great. The acting's really good. But the problem is, mm-hmm. is that it's presenting this version right. of the facts that isn't realistic <laughs> and then it's pulling morals right. out of a story that didn't actually happen, but it's presenting it like yeah. they are. And I think the same sort of exactly. thing is happening with Bohemian Rhapsody as well 
to maybe yes. a lesser extent, but then Bohemian Rhapsody also has the pedophile director, so it's kind <laughs> yeah, of like they're both so not. Bad. Yeah, they're both. <laughs> yeah. It's both a. It's a bad look for both of them. It's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> but when Peter Fairley, the director of Green Book, got up on stage and they were oh, like, man. and just like was lazy and randomly was like thanking people sporadically taking up a lot of time Mm -hmm. they started playing the music to play him off and he's like oh no now i i have this statement to read so he like shouts at everybody to turn the music off and then starts reading this statement about how like this movie is supposed to bring people together and not cause (laughs) like strife racism yeah yeah and it's like well it was was so awkward he's yelling at the people he's then reading this statement like loudly over the music you can't really hear it just doesn't happen have like the moment quality to it and it looks tacky oh, and i yeah. think it, it again shoots them in the foot for any chances at the oscar i hope so no one watching that was like ah you know what this <laughs> is the movie i want to vote for yeah and it's like a movie about race and there's literally only two black people out of like at least a dozen probably 20 people on the stage and it's just like a bad look like it's just so like and then him yelling and being like, no, I deserve more time. I'm a white man. Hear me roar. It was just like, and the way he's like, oh, see, we made a movie where black and white could get along. So what's your guys' excuse? Racism is easy. And it's like, okay, dude, like sit down and stay humble. You know, like I was just like not into it. But it was interesting because Mahershala Ali won. And when he was backstage, the um, press room was sort of like, how are you dealing with this controversy? And his thing was basically like, you know, I can't, I'm not responsible for that. Like I, like it was, it was said much more diplomatically, but basically like, you know, I came into this and I took the information they gave me and that's what I acted on. That's my job. I did my job. And it's unfortunate that people were hurt by that. And I like recognize that now. And like, I want to move past it. And like, I've, I've reached out to them and they can always like reach out to me if they want to talk more and stuff. So that was like, he's a great guy. I don't blame him for this, but I just like hate everyone involved in the production of this film. And so I was surprised to realize Octavia Spencer was a producer of it. Yeah. And when she was, she came on stage to do the like introduction of the film. Like, which, okay, can we just talk about that for five seconds? Yes. The, so they start the night and who is it? The cast of Black <laughs> Panther gets up and introduces Black Panther. Right. And you're like, oh, they're Awkward. doing this thing where like they, yeah, they kind of flub their lines and stumble through it. But <laughs> like where they're going to introduce all 10 of the big movies like separately beforehand. Right. And so then the second movie that they introduce is the favorite and the cast of the favorite is up there and they're introducing <laughs> it. And you're thinking, oh, okay. So that's why <laughs> yeah. the cast are here. We Each movie it, yeah. is going to be introduced by the cast. Then you get to Crazy yep. Rich Asians and Lucy Liu <laughs> comes up and introduces I know. it. And I was sitting like, there what? like, was she in this movie? Like, I don't I remember know. her being in it. It's like, I don't think so. Yeah. And then it, it was so weird. It's like, oh, no, they just had her introduce it because she's Asian. But the cast <laughs> yeah. of the movie is there. So, <laughs> like, why there, aren't they introducing it? And then, yeah, like, I don't know. And then know. they get Octavia Spencer to yeah, introduce like, Green oh. Book, which I think was definitely like a <laughs> PR stunt. It was like, okay, who do we have who's respectable in black? Let's stick them up on the stage. Exactly. It felt like, oh, this movie's been getting controversy for being like whitewashed or whatever. Let's prove that we had a black person involved. But it was like, okay, like, first of all, the director has thrown her name under the 
bus when he's talked about the controversy before. He's like, well, Octavia told me I could call a green book. Like she said it was important. And it's sort of like, okay, like that's fine, but that's one person and you should have thought about it harder. But then what was interesting was when she was then backstage, they asked her about the controversy and whatever. And she was just basically like, saying like oh I was just so glad to tell the story of Dr. Shirley like that's who I would want to know as a young person like I would want to know about these strong black people and I was like well this movie didn't do it you know what I mean like it was clearly a Tony Lip vehicle like it wasn't I wanted to know more about Don Shirley but I didn't get to know more about Don Shirley so it's sort of just like a disappointing film that I really hope just dies in the water now that people see how nasty the the director is. I felt bad for both Mahershala Ali and Octavia Spencer because they're both great people and great actors who are in this. I think they sort of got... I mean, I think they went into it with the best of intentions. And really, when I saw it the first time, I think I was fairly high on it just because it is Mm -hmm. a really... The movie version is it's, a very yeah. beautiful story. And yes, it like <laughs> focuses on yeah. Viggo Mortensen's character maybe more than it should. But it's a very like heartwarming story about like understanding people who aren't yeah, like you and sweet. whatever. But then when you realize like, oh, wait, this isn't actually what happened. And this is just yeah. all like changed to make the narrative hit better. But I do, but I what I don't understand is like at what point in the production process those kind of things happen and how much control right. Octavia Spencer had when she signed on to the project. And then also a lot of the information that we have gotten has come out since the movie was released. Right. And while you say like, yes, you should do your research and like contact all of these people. I think that in a lot of times when you are making movies, it's not like your first priority or the first thing that comes to your mind to like, let's fact check this with every like living relative of somebody, you know? Right. It, so I can see how <laughs> yeah, it kind it of like be there, like, spun yeah. out of control. And then now they are like, well, this is your movie. <laughs> so you have to stand up here on this stage while Peter Bailey's yeah. like, stop the music stop that music i have <laughs> no, something important to, to say listen to me <laughs> yeah i know it was bad and then of course in the other camp we had bohemian rhapsody which rami malik won and then it won for best drama which was surprising yeah oh very surprising i mean i was shocked but i was online reading about this and 70 some percent of the money that bohemian rhapsody has made has come from overseas sales specifically in europe where queen Mm. is such a big deal so i could sort of like backtracking into this see okay if you're foreign journalists who are living abroad or you know like have connections over there and that movie is massive in europe thinking that okay we're gonna vote for this where maybe it isn't necessarily like the same phenomenon here as it is over there you know yeah so i don't know but let's talk about that makes sense let's talk about the best actor because we haven't really talked about that very much which rami malik won on the drama side Mm -hmm. and christian bale won on the the comedy side and I sort of feel like it's now a race that's just the two of them because I kind of think that Viggo yeah. Mortensen can't win now that the Green Book <laughs> stuff has happened. And yeah. I just sort of don't see Bradley Cooper making a resurgence. Like, if he didn't win here right. against Rami Malik, like, how is he going to beat Christian Bale and all of his prosthetics and Rami right. Malik? It seems like it's <laughs> yeah. just not going to happen. It's- I know. I think if anything, he'll get a director nod, which honestly, I think is way too generous for him. But that's another point. 
But I think it is like you have Christian Bale doing a classic Christian Bale and just reinventing his entire body. And then you have Rami Malek doing the same thing. So it's sort of just like, yeah, who's it going to be? I don't know, but it's probably going to be one of them. Yeah, I don't see anybody else challenging as I'm looking at this list of the other people yeah. who were nominated there. And then in the but I also think Bradley Cooper doesn't stand a chance at winning in director either because he's up against oh, yeah. Alfonso Cuaron which if that movie right. doesn't win Best Picture it will be because of the like black and white Spanish Netflix of it all. Right. But I think that it 100% wins director. I don't it's, see there's yeah, a way where it yeah. doesn't. It's won every director's prize so far. It won this. I like yeah. it's just like what else is there even in competition? You know Bradley Cooper who's <laughs> Directing the yeah. fourth remake of a movie like that does not <laughs> carry the same oomph. I know. I don't know why Bradley. I honestly, I just haven't liked *A Star Is Born*. I didn't think it was that well. Like I didn't walk away thinking, "Wow, what a beautifully shot film!" That directing is amazing. But like every other director, I could see why they get attention. Like literally every other movie i'm like oh yeah that makes sense even green book i'm like yeah sure why not give him a nod but yeah i think it'll definitely be alfonso and i think he deserves it and i would love to see roma win more than just foreign because uh of all the films that are sort of contending it was the one that seemed most interesting and evocative and sort of like powerful in all of its facets from the directing to the acting to the music to the um, cinematography so it'll be interesting but I wouldn't be surprised if Rami Malek wins just because he did do such a good job that I wouldn't necessarily be annoyed if he won best actor yeah I think I think a lot of these categories it's like because I don't really have a horse in the race I'm fine with some of these <laughs> yeah. other people winning like with in best right. actress it's like would like am I out here stumping for Glenn Close not necessarily but like do I really want Lady Gaga to win Meh. I mean not necessarily yeah. <laughs> like do I want Melissa McCarthy to win she was fine unless no. Tony Collette is in the category in which case I will be like <laughs> insanely yeah. excited uh, but that would be a surprise just in general like of the yeah. front runners i'm kind of like okay well i guess going close sure rami malik that's fine with me right i want regina king to win but otherwise i'm sort of whatever about most of these yeah i know it's just i was thinking about this the other day actually i was like am i just like burnt out like i've watched so many movies this year it's like the first time i've really like gunned hard like 70 ish movies i've never done that in my life before and i just feel sort of like uh, even at the thought of going to see the favorite this week, I was just like, I just like don't really care. Did like, you I just see it? Don't really want to. Yeah, and I like liked it, and I think it was really good and beautiful, and everyone did a great job acting. But it's just like hard to find the motivation this year, and I wonder if it's burnout or if I'm just not that intrigued by some of these films because, like, last year, like Lady Bird swept me up. Like the year before, it was like Arrival. Like I've loved movies before this and so i'm sort of just like i don't have anything this year and it kind of makes me sad yeah i i think that there are just some years that you resonate with more movies than others because i was Mm -hmm. looking back at my you know sort of list from the last couple of years of rankings and there are some years where 
like all of the top 10 movies could easily be like in my top 100 or like near that. And there's some yeah. years where there's none that are in it. So, I mean, like the oh, year yeah. that Spotlight came out, whatever year that 2015, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's like I loved Spotlight. But other than that, everything else that year was kind of like meh. Where last year, I feel like you had the Florida Project. You had mm-hmm. Lady Bird. You had... It was a good year. Yeah, like there were lots of movies that I would gladly go see like 30 times in a row and not have an issue. Get out. Yeah, Yeah, get out. It was like there were good ones. Yeah. But I don't know. And this year there have been movies that I really liked. They're just not the ones that are up for the Oscars. (laughs) Exactly. And some years that happens. Yeah, I know. So it'll be interesting to see how it all goes down and how this plays into oscars um but i don't know is there anything else about the globes we missed i mean they gave jeff bridges an award they gave carol burnett an award a new award named after her for tv which is exciting i like them both fine but was not like (laughs) oh this is my favorite person (laughs) they were way too long they were kind of whatever for me but yeah i don't know i don't really have anything else on the golden globes i feel like we've talked about it a lot i know (laughs) I know it's been a good one, but let's move on. Do you have something? Oh, yeah. You were going to tell us how much you loved Vice. Uh, <laughs> Vice. Love it or hate it. Yikes. <laughs> uh, like, where do I even begin with this movie? So, well, did you like, um, did you like, uh, what was it called? His other movie? The Big Short. Um, yeah. Yes, I did like The Big Short. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was like a complex topic that he made more accessible, which I think was interesting. And there was a lot of different mm-hmm. facets of it that he kind of, you know, tied together really nicely. Yeah. And I was excited about this kind of when I had heard about it because... I, you know, I don't know that much about Dick Cheney other than he was the vice, you know, he was the vice president when I was a kid mostly. So I I knew that like, obviously 9-11 happened when they were president or when George Bush was president, but I didn't really know much about him as the vice president. And then I definitely didn't know anything about what he was like before he was the vice president. (laughs) Right. Have you, have you seen this yet? No, No. I've heard a lot about it. Well, sorry. (laughs) Um, But for me, this was just like, too much he bit off too much he's trying to tell dick Mm -hmm. cheney's whole life story which there is a lot there to talk about and so he doesn't really touch on anything in a substantial way it's super like kind of like easy breezy and then he tries to fit in all of those weird little gimmicks that worked so well in a big short like exactly word for word in here where he's like i'm gonna break down this weird (laughs) political theory for you right so there's so then there's gimmicks on top of the fact that it's kind of like this sparse quick drive through Dick Cheney's life. And then you also have the element where he very clearly hates Dick Cheney. And so this is not in (laughs) any way like a measured or nuanced view of him. He is presented as the most like cartoonish, characterish villain that has ever been. Satan. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Satan. Exactly. Like, christian bale said like there's all of these scenes of him like gurgling mouthwash and being like spitting it out and looking gross or like eating things weirdly and it it just like paints everybody in such a horrible light and they say right at the beginning like dick cheney and his family are very secretive like 
they don't want yeah. this story told about them. And then they write all of these very fanciful scenes that take place, you know, behind closed doors in their, you know, living room or offices that make them look so terrible. And like, do I think that they did bad things? Probably. But like, there's no, nothing in this movie comes across as like balanced or measured or interesting or thought provoking. It's like watching a like two hour or two and a half hour long, like SNL skit. Christian Bale (laughs) is like the makeup looks good and he looks very much like Dick Cheney. And so does Amy Adams, like his wife, but neither of them at any point also is really called upon to give a performance outside of their makeup. Right. It's like yeah. nobody like Dick Cheney is never like angry. He's never sad. He just like sort of has to get through these lines with that. Like, well, you know, this is what we're doing. And I think that it would be great if I could be your vice president. Like, there's no drama (laughs) to him at all. So once you get up the makeup, all he basically has to do is sit there. The main part of his performance is that he gained a lot of weight, which, like, sure, give him an award for that if you want to. But really, the whole movie I found (laughs) lacking. like, costume. Yeah. 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 That's what I hear is it's just, like, they're just parodying these people, but they have no real, they are just making it up. Like there's no real insight into what they were actually doing or what they were doing in private because they are so private. So I feel like I have to see it because it'll probably get nominated, but I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. I- Which is too bad because I was excited because everyone looked so cool and I'm a sucker for trailers like that, that it don't tell a lot. Yeah. And I was really interested in the George Bush performance, but oh well. Yeah, I mean, George I hear Bush. It's bad, yeah. so. <laughs> I mean, it has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's definitely like a, an yeah. interesting movie to watch. Like, I think that you will find it enjoyable to watch just because there's a lot going on and there's. Like, it's not a boring movie by any means. He is throwing a lot at the wall. So there's a lot of things (laughs) to, like, talk about when you're after you're done watching it. But it's not a movie that I got out and was like, that was a really great, like, well-written movie. It was like some, (laughs) like, a very angry Democrat spent, you know, 40 minutes writing a very mean script. And then they just went with that. (laughs) Like, there's no level of humanity in the whole thing at all. There's no nuance. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, just as a random aside, there's this whole plot line where, like, Dick Cheney has had several heart attacks. And they play that Mm. off as, like, look at this evil guy, like, having heart attacks all the time like isn't that like (laughs) isn't he just horrible for doing that and i was like if they had made if this had switched and it was like somebody made a movie about bill clinton and they like villainized him because he had heart attacks like there's no way that would fly (laughs) so that was just another whole thing where i was i don't know the movie was just bad all the way around and and that's yeah and that's you know Critics have said the same thing. So, <laughs> so you love, yeah, it. yeah. So, I don't know. What did yeah, you have? So definitely one to miss. Love it or hate it. I, uh, I, I loved if Beale Street could talk. Aww. I went and saw it, and first of all, it's like one of those. There's like this Twitter question that was like, "What's a movie you knew in like ten seconds that you would love?" And this one was one for me because it just opens with this glorious shot yes. of them walking down this like river park probably walkway and they just are both the most stunning people i've ever seen like he really focuses on Mm close-ups and it really works for this movie because they're just like so 
not only like beautiful, but they're just like have mesmerizing facial expressions. They're just so emotive and it's just a pleasure to watch. And honestly, everything from the costuming to the cinematography to the music, which was just so beautiful. And it's been like getting snubbed and it's making me angry now that I've seen it. I like get it. And I'm frustrated because it's like a very beautiful, very like slow movie. And I think maybe it just didn't work for some people when it's competing with like such aggressive movies like Black Klansman or like In Your Face, like The Favorite or even Vice, whereas this is sort of sleepy and it like deals with something very serious where it's like this man is accused of rape. This black man is accused of raping this woman and is sent to prison and is in prison for it. And his girlfriend is pregnant and she's trying to exonerate him basically. And um, it's her whole family like rallying around her and like this community. Well, because he was and... sent to prison, he didn't do, he didn't commit the rape. He was oh, like yeah, falsely yeah, yeah. Sorry, accused yeah. by a racist cop. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> forgot that part. Yes, that is yes. So it's a it's a sad story, and the whole idea is that it's a familiar story, and it's sort of like there is no, it's not like a rising falling action style story where you like you have this last minute dramatic reveal or something. It's just really about these characters. And honestly, like I just love New York movies maybe too much because it was just like so beautiful and just like you were swept into this era and this world and they were just like so pleasant to watch. But my favorite performance was actually the best friend has like he like appears for this random one-off scene where he's talking about he finally reunites with the main guy and they are grabbing like beers at his apartment and they're going to have dinner and he's they're kind of talking about whatever and then it, he reveals that he had just gotten out of prison for a crime he didn't commit as well and he gives this like monologue about how prison changes you and like the fear that you get in there and it was like it was like one of my most favorite performances this year like i think it was one of the strongest like scenes in this like cinematic category and i wish like he had a shot at like best supporting just for that monologue alone like i really loved it and i'm excited to see where all these because i think it starred a lot of people who either i haven't heard of before or who are fairly new to the scene and so i'm excited to see where their careers go because they were all just so good yeah well the best friend is brian tyree henry who is yes. the star of atlanta or one of the stars yeah. of atlanta and he was also in widows he's he's so uh-huh. good like he's so good yeah. yeah that scene was just mesmerizing and the music just ties everything so together the movie's really like atmospheric and beautiful yeah. and the costumes are gorgeous and oh yeah regina king is so great in it i think that the thing that hurts it i I can see why maybe it isn't getting as many nominations as it probably should, is that the lead actress who is really like the entrance point to the movie, I don't think Mm -hmm. is amazing. Like, I think she's serviceable, Mm. but she didn't, I don't (laughs) think she had enough there to really like tie it all together in the way that you needed it to. Maybe I can like maybe see your point, but I was just like stunned by her. I mean, I guess maybe I was just swept up by how gorgeous she was. Like, I could just stare at her face like it was just like mesmerizing to me, like how flawless she was. I just kept looking at her pore size and it was just 
amazing my favorite character was the sister i thought she was so yeah. funny <laughs> it was a good and it was just it again like the sag nominations were such a weird mess and the best ensemble was such a weird mess and so it'll be it's like sad to see like what really should have been nominated get ignored and so i think like there are just such good performances in the film that it's worth checking out even if it's just like a sleeper hit that's not gonna really get the traction it probably would have in another year i think it'll probably get nominated for best picture though so i hope so i think i guess there's 10 spots yeah yeah and and i mean it's <laughs> not a lot of options yeah things are dropping like flies and if there's one <laughs> thing you can't say about uh beale street could talk like it's not based on a true story it's not racist right. the director didn't rape yeah. somebody so really it's like it's yeah. doing well on all fronts there's a lot going yes. for it yes. yeah <laughs> For sure. But I'm excited for um, next week's episode because we are going to look to 2019's Filmscape and kind of try and predict what we'll like and what the universe will like. There are so many movies coming out in 2019 and we are going to try to see (laughs) if we can guess what their Rotten Tomatoes scores are going to be. So Yeah, we're going to see how it goes. Lots to talk about, but it'll get us out of this Oscar race. Yes. Mumbo jumbo. Briefly. Briefly. (laughs) And then we'll be back in it because nominations are coming fast. But thanks for listening, guys. And if you like this, you can always follow us on social media accounts. P.S. You're wrong. On Instagram, on Twitter. You can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, which would also be great. We might read your review on the show if it's especially good and interesting. Uh, (laughs) Is there anything else? No, that's it. Okay, well, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye.